You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. At the top of my message, I have these words. Conclusion. And we were not able to conclude this morning. Someone tell me what we preached on today. All right, laying down your Isaac. We talked about coming to the place in your walk with the Lord to where you could honestly say, right now at this point in my life, I believe that I am fully surrendered to the Lord. Probably very few of us could testify to that. I don't know where you're at in your spiritual life. But I ended this morning's message by asking you this question. Do you believe that full surrender to God is his perfect will for your life? What was our answer? Yes, you can't answer that any other way as a believer than to say yes. It is definitely God's will for each and every one of us to be fully surrendered to Him. Do you have enough faith to believe that whatever you lay down, He is able to raise up? Why was it that Abraham was able to take his only son, the love of his life, the thing that he loved the most, in this world, how was it that he was able to take his son and lay his son on the altar and lift a knife to plunge it through his son's heart? How was that possible? Because he knew that if he laid him down, God would have to be faithful to his promise to raise him up. We think of the Lord Jesus who laid down his life. But did he know that it would be raised up again? Destroy this temple, and in three days, I will what? I will raise it up again. The principle of Scripture, there was a number of verses today, I just kind of flipped the page because we just didn't have the time to look at them, that teaches this principle. It is taught throughout the Bible. Whatever we lay down, whatever we put upon the altar, whatever we surrender to God, God is able to take that thing and He's able to do an amazing, wonderful thing with it and raise it back up again. We cannot live until we what? Die. A corn of wheat planted into the ground, must die. But when it dies, then it comes to life and becomes fruitful. Until we die, until we lay ourselves upon that altar, until we give God our Isaacs, which in most cases is the thing that we love the most, and what do most of us love the most? Ourselves. It's just natural. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. You know, the Bible says that a husband is to love his wife 
as he loves what? Himself. Now, I'm not saying that we should love ourselves more than anything and anyone else, but I am saying that most of us do. Did Isaac also have to be willing to allow himself to be laid upon that altar? He had to die to himself, and even more so than Abraham, because he knew he was going to be that sacrifice. In order for us to be transformed, we have to come to the place where we are willing to be that living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we come before you tonight and we continue on with some of our thoughts from this morning, I pray that you would use these scriptures very effectively in our lives to cause us to realize this life-changing principle that whatever we lay down, whatever we die to, you are able to bring it back to life in a much more wonderful way. So Father, help us to be able to resist the lies of Satan that tells us over and over again that if we lay it down, we'll lose, when the reality is, if we lay it down, we really win. Bless the preaching of your word tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews chapter 11, let's consider verse 17 through verse 19 again. <clears throat> By faith Abraham, when he was tried... That is exactly what it says in Genesis chapter 22, where we find the account of Abraham laying down his Isaac. He was tried. He was tested. Do we go through testing in our lives? Yes or no? Yes. God never tempts us. God does not tempt men with evil, neither tempteth he any man, but God does try us. God does put us to the test and I think the reason for that is, is so that we will know what is in our own hearts before the Lord. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting that God was able to, what church? Raise him up. Even from the dead. That's why when Abraham left his two servants behind, he said this, Isaac and I will come back shortly. Dad, the wood, the knife, the fire. But Dad, where's the sacrifice? God shall provide himself, Isaac, a sacrifice. Two amazing statements of faith 
by Abraham. No wonder he's called the father of faith. Staggered not at the promises of God by faith. Accounting that God was able to raise him up. I really believe this, that, in, that unless we have the faith to believe that if we lay it down, God will raise it up, we'll never lay it down. Let's use the Lord Jesus Christ as our example. Has not he left us an example that we should, what? I can't hear you, what? That we should follow in his steps. The steps of surrender, the steps of personal sacrifice. The Bible tells us that Jesus always did those things that pleased his Father. Now, is there anyone here that could say that? Wouldn't you love to have a child that could say, I have always done those things that have pleased my Father? But yet Jesus did. I quote the words of Jesus himself, I do always, I do always those things that please my Father. Yet I want you to consider this. Are you still with me tonight? At the end of his life, I've always done that which pleased my Father, but at the end of his life, did he struggle with this whole issue of surrender? Right, because he was human, right? 100% God, 100% man. And in his humanity, he struggled with this surrender. We see that struggle there in the Garden of Gethsemane where he withdrew himself from his disciples and he went and he prayed. He was struggling so much with laying it all on the altar that he had to get away from everybody else and he had to pray. Have you ever been there? When the Lord is asking you to lay something down that you treasure and that you love and is near and dear to you, I mean, obviously not to the extent that Jesus experienced here, but where you felt, I just need to get away from everyone else and I just need to get alone with God. I have to wrestle this thing out with the Lord because the Lord is really asking something of me that's very difficult to lay up on the altar. I have been there. It's not easy. Jesus struggled with this. In Luke 22, it says this, And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast. Now, I don't know what a stone's cast is. I know some people can throw a stone farther than others. Right? So what the distance was, I don't know. But I think all of us can throw a stone a pretty fur piece. It was enough that he could just get away from his disciples and get alone with the Father. So he withdrew himself about a stone's cast he knelt down and he prayed, and this is what he said, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup, this cup of suffering. Remove this cup from me. How many would like the cup of suffering to be removed out of their life? 
But does God always remove that cup of suffering? Sometimes he just wants us to drink it. Because he has a special plan and purpose in our life through it. If thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Did Jesus know that he soon would die? Was he fully God? Fully man, fully God. Being fully God, could he foresee the future? Okay? You all got to think this through with me. So being fully man, he wanted this cup of suffering to pass from him. Being fully God, he could foresee all that lied before him within the next few hours. What could he foresee? Talk to me here tonight. What could he? Betrayal. Beatings. Illegal, 13 illegal trials, if you count them. Mocking. The crown of thorns being platted upon his head. Betrayal. False accusation. False witnesses. What? Okay, the dra- to where he fell. He was so weak with the loss of blood. It wasn't that he wasn't strong enough to carry that cross. But because of the loss of blood, he fell under the load of that cross. Someone else, what could he foresee? That's right, he could foresee the father turning his back upon him. That had to be the most painful thing that he foresaw. Okay, he could see the, yes, very good, Jim. Probably something that, I didn't even think about that, that he would, between his death and his resurrection, he would descend into the lower parts of the earth. Okay, being the sin bearer. He became, could he foresee that? He became sin for, could you imagine taking a, do you feel filthy after you sin and the Holy Spirit convicts you of it? Could you imagine how filthy? You think about the sin of all of humanity. The disgusting things that people do. The murderous plots that people perform. I mean, it's the way man treats his fellow man is just sometimes it's unbelievable. And Jesus took all of that. Anybody else? Mom, the nails. Could he foresee? Do you think he could not foresee the pain that being nailed to the cross would afford to him? What else could he foresee? What? The thirst. And then them sticking a sponge full of vinegar. Daniel talked about vinegar today. And the disgusting taste of vinegar. As they stuck a sponge with vinegar into his face and said, drink this. 
Okay, to look down at his mother at the cross and how she must have been just broken and weeping. John, behold thy mother. Anybody else? We're getting too positive now, okay? (laughs) Okay. Remember, Peter, this morning, I will not forsake you. Oh, Peter, yes, you will. You'll deny me thrice. Vehemently! He said, I will not, even to the point of death, I will not forsake you. And all the other disciples chimed in and said, we won't forsake you either. But did they? Did he foresee that? He could foresee it all. How many of you have ever eavesdropped on someone's conversation? Come on. (laughs) Some of you are Snoopy. I will say that. You're having a conversation with someone and they... Well, can we snoop just a little bit on a conversation that the son had with his father? For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin... Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith to the Father, Sacrifices and offerings thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared for me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, Father, thou hast no pleasure. Then said I to the Father, Lo, I am come in the volume of the book, It is written to do thy will, O God. For seeing all that would happen to him, he said, Father, if it's possible. But not my will. But thine be done. You know why? Listen to me. You know why we don't put our Isaacs on the altar? It's called... We are afraid to put our Isaacs on the altar because when we do, it requires faith, and we're always not quite sure how that's going to all turn out. Let me read to you another account. This is in Mark. And they came to the place which was named Gethsemane. And he saith to his disciples, Sit ye here a while, sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John and began to be sore amazed and very heavy. What is he heavy over? What he could foresee. 
was about to happen. And he saith unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father. Now I'm told that that word Abba means Papa, Daddy. It's a very intimate term used by a child toward their father. Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Could you imagine one of your children just begging you to spare them? from suffering. I want to tell you something. My, my daughters, as they grew up, they had my heart. Now my sons, I could care less about them. But my daughters had my heart. And the appeal of my daughters just got to daddy's heart. I'm like, how can I turn that down? And now all of my grandchildren, they have my heart. And when they make their appeal to me, whatever you want. <laughs> You're so precious. This account is a very detailed account. Take away this cup from me. In his humanity, he speaks. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou will. You see, our Lord Jesus, he never wavered from complete obedience. Even though he knew what the cost of full surrender would be. Why do we waver? Because... The devil wants to tell us the cost is too great. Was the cost too great? No. Because what Jesus surrendered resulted in all of our salvation. <laughs> Was it worth it? Yes, he could foresee his death, but as Jim said... Jumping ahead, he could foresee also his resurrection and the salvation of many. Jesus knew that there was absolutely no other way to accomplish his purpose in life, which was our salvation, other than complete and total surrender. And this is what we learn from that. We will never experience what God's purpose for our life is until we also come to that same place. Remember this morning, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He laid it down. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life. For us. 
Greater love hath no man than this, than let a man, say it with me, lay down his life for his friends. Listen to me here tonight. Are you willing to lay down your life for Christ? Someone said, you know, I think it'd be easier to die for him than it would be to live for him. I think there's some truth to that. So Jesus' attitude be our attitude tonight? Not my will, but thine be done. Once we have trusted Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're no longer our own. We have been bought with a price. I'd like to read this quote. Full surrender. This is so good. That's why it's not mine. Full surrender is like opening the closet of our lives and inviting Christ to clean out whatever he doesn't want and to throw it away. I remember when the doctor told us that my wife had mold poisoning. Some of you remember that. About a year ago, we had to go through our house and decontaminate our home and try to get every bit of mold out of our home and the roof had to come off and all the insulation had to come out and it was quite a deal. If you don't even know anything about our home, we have a walk-up attic. That is what sold my wife on our home. It had a dining room big enough for our family and it had a walk-up attic for storage. Those are the only two things she cared about. She didn't care that the place was an absolute disaster. But it had a big enough dining room and an upstairs. I remember my boys saying to me, do not buy this house. <laughs> they could foresee all the work that was involved. In. But now we have a beautiful home, don't we? But I remember having to go up there in the attic, and you wouldn't believe our attic, from one end to the other. We have a 2,800-square-foot home, and the attic runs the entire length of our ranch-style home. And it was full. I'm surprised the ceiling didn't collapse. It was full. And the roof came off, and the dumpsters came in, and we threw item after item after item all the love letters my wife wrote me and the two that I wrote her <laughs> all of our memories We estimated there was easily ten to $12,000 worth of things we just chucked out of the attic. But you know what? We had to do that. We had no choice. If my wife was going to get better, we had to totally cleanse our home. 
you know what, now it's just stuff. Many years ago, I preached a message on too much stuff. Full surrender is like opening the closet of our lives. Inviting Christ to come in and clean out whatever he doesn't want and throw it away. Trying to keep parts of our lives for ourselves doesn't work with God. He wants it all. I want to close by reading from Adrian Rogers. How many of you here know who Adrian Rogers is? Okay, not about half of you. Adrian Rogers has been with the Lord for some time now. He's a great preacher. You can, you can go online and still listen to his messages. Powerful preacher, Southern Baptist preacher. Fundamental. Adrian Rogers. Some people resist surrendering to God because they fear he'll take someone or something from them. The problem with this kind of thinking is that it's based on a faulty idea of who God is. He isn't waiting for us to raise the white flag so he can swoop down to do something horrible to us. This is our loving Heavenly Father who is generous and kind in his blessings. He wants to enjoy a close relationship with us. But it's only possible if we will fully trust him. If we will fully obey him. And if we will surrender all. The Christian life is living under the leadership of the Lord Jesus, who always does what's best for us. Do you believe that, church? Although we may want freedom from sickness and sorrow and heartache, the Lord sometimes uses these hardships to remove whatever is hindering our relationship with Him. If we want to become the person He desires us to be, we must trust and submit to His Lordship, surrendering it all to Him. Is it a person? A possession? A way of life? A habit? The only way to discover what God could do in our lives is to let go of anything that he says is not the best for us. Although we may think we know better, and isn't that true? We can never improve on his plan for our lives. We never lose by yielding to the Lord. 
In fact, that's when life is at its best. We must stop rationalizing and excusing our lack of submission to God. Trust Him. He only does what is best. He will always keep His word. He will not deny us of His promises. Remember that the safest place to be is in submission to Him. Surrender today, tomorrow, and every day because it's a lifelong practice that will continue until we meet our Lord in heaven. What are you holding on to that God is asking you to release? What's keeping you from surrendering it? Are you afraid to surrender to God? If so, why? What could you ever lose by surrendering? What could you gain? Which one has eternal value? You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.